0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. From the heart of the Carolinas, a breath of fresh air, a voice of reason. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. And good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to be back with you. Hope all is well in your world. As we um, kick into Wednesday, what's really interesting about this, here we are just one day closer to big election night. Before we get there, I want to mention something else because I think it's worth mentioning. With all of the hysteria, about climate change and how this has turned into an ongoing trend toward permanent catastrophe and chaos. This is what we've been told for the past few years about the hurricanes. They're getting worse and worse. Now, what's happening this year? Despite the fact we experienced Ian some days ago, what we've had in 2022 has been a below normal hurricane season for the number of storms below normal, quieter than the last few years. Now, I put this caveat on this. We still have a few weeks left, as I understand it. Just a few weeks left in hurricane season but it's very unlikely that we're going to catch up with where we've been before I say this just as a reminder first off it's something to be thankful for second off it's another reminder of how anyone who communicates to you some idea of certainty about things of this nature has absolutely Absolutely no idea what they're talking about That's the point that I'm making We can barely get weather correct the idea of getting climate correct is really rather foolish and This is yet another example Thought that would be a great place to begin today On the political front By the way, I was quite intrigued yesterday. I was chatting with a friend of mine. In fact, the person who sent me the random message wanting to know my date of birth, which was really random. And where it led was a conversation about political registration. And the person had actually looked me up and said, you're a Republican. It's like... Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And what surprised me is this person thinks it's cool. I was quite surprised because I was so sure this person was going to be liberal. Just goes to show you again, you just never, never know. On the contests for next week. Breitbart reporting analysts have moved 10 House races in favor of GOP candidates with one week to go. Analysts at the nonpartisan Cook Political Report have moved the rating for 10 congressional districts in favor of the Republican candidates. Cook Political explaining that many of the congressional districts President Joe Biden won comfortably during the last presidential election are now at risk because Democrat governors are underperforming. In comparison, Republicans, they're surging as they focus on high crime and skyrocketing inflation. The report explained the safest Democrats are in states that do not have competitive statewide races. Well, (laughs) that makes sense. And I'll just give you a little bit of an overview. Because this is going to have an impact on all of us. All of these races across the country. California, several districts. One Change from likely Democrat to lean Democrat. One solid Democrat to lean. Another one from lean Democrat to toss-up. This is not a good sign, folks. That's California. California. In Illinois, they have a couple of races. With Democrats. Democrat incumbents. Moving from likely Democrat to lean Democrat New Jersey likely to lean New York State A couple of open seats currently held by a Democrat moving from lean Democrat to toss up. Oregon, this is crazy. Fifth Congressional District, open seat. Currently held by a Democrat, it's moved from toss up to lean Republican Oregon, ladies and gentlemen, this is pretty amazing. And I'm just telling you, there's just no telling what's going to happen on election night. Cook Political also indicating some open seats allow the Republicans to remain closer to spending parity. And all the open seats are in states where the GOP candidates and the governor's races are surging. And this is going to help the down-ballot races. Some of the seat shifts due to redistricting. That's one of the factors. But the most recent round of changes to the district show 212 seats are rated at least lean Republican. 188, lean Democrat. 35, toss-up. If the House Republicans can win all of the lean, likely, and solid Republican races, they would only need to win six of the toss-up races to regain the majority of the House. That's compared to the Democrats needing to win 29 of the toss-up races racist to stay in the majority 29 out of 35 the democrats need to do that to stay in the majority let me just tell you tonight this morning it ain't going to happen just not going to happen overall cook political says the republicans would gain between 12 and 25 seats so that's where things stand this morning just a few days away from election day I really love, again, you've probably seen this by the comments that I made just a few minutes ago about climate and weather and hurricanes. The same applies to politics. Sometimes the experts have no idea what they're talking about. Daily Beast, again, hardly a right-wing publication. She was supposed to be unelectable. Now she's the favorite. Subtitle for the story, Toxic Lake, by the leftist Daily Beast. Carrie Lake poised to be the next Arizona governor. Democrats are wondering how that happened. This was not supposed to happen, ladies and gentlemen. The experts, the experts all told us, this woman doesn't have a prayer. Not a chance. And once again, it appears... They did not know what they're talking about. We'll go into this as we continue. More gaffes by our president, this time in Florida, going down to try to counter Ron DeSantis. I think the man needs to go back into the basement. Just saying. Failed efforts in dealing with books in Greenville County. We'll delve into that. And by listener request, we will talk about Emmett Till. We'll tell you why that particular case is back in the news. A new film that is out. That much more as we continue our Wednesday broadcast. Stay with us. And back as we tell you what is taking place all across the country, the fresh reminder to you, if you're within the sound of my voice, In both Carolinas, it is time to go out and vote now. Early voting underway. In North Carolina, early voting started October 20th. The last day is the 5th of November, which is Saturday. Saturday with the last day of early voting. Same thing in the state of South Carolina. With early voting starting October 24th. And the 5th of November, 5 o'clock, 5 o'clock is when early voting will end. So make sure that you get out and vote. Absolutely essential that you get that done. I started telling you about Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake is a person who is not supposed to be a serious candidate, not supposed to be viable. I have a sense of kinship to her. And we may be in a place where we have very different views. I don't need to go into those now. In fact, I had a friend send a text to me yesterday evening with an idea of um, having a sense of humor, saying, you two should run together. <laughs> yes, that's definitely a big joke. But I was telling you about the Daily Beast story, recognizing... Recognizing that Carrie Lake is now in position to be the next Arizona governor. Democrats, they cannot believe this. This was not supposed to happen. Not long ago, many in Arizona wondered how Kerry Lake, the far-right, Trump-loving, media-bashing, former local TV news anchor, could possibly win a campaign for governor in a swing state. <laughs> Can you just feel the vitriol in this first line? Now many are wondering how Lake could possibly lose. During a heated primary, Lake's GOP rivals tagged her as toxic and unelectable. Many Democrats hoped she'd be the nominee, believing she was a sure bet to collapse under the bright lights of a general election campaign. They thought, great. I hope she wins. She'll be easy to take out. Didn't work that way, did it? In the last three months, something else has happened. Lake quickly consolidated Republican support, and her boisterous Trump-style rallies have served as a show of the GOP faithful's remarkably high level of enthusiasm for her gubernatorial bid. In the process, Lake has overshadowed the cautious campaign of her Democratic rival, Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, who is an experienced public official, but a low-key campaign presence. In other words, she's boring as hell. That's the bottom line here. As she struggles to match among Democrats the intensity Lake sparks among Republicans, Hobbs has focused on policy roundtables <laughs> and emphasizing issues like abortion access to turn out her base and reach independent voters. She's hardly even pretended to tack to the center. Carrie Lake has leveraged her name recognition from her debates on Phoenix TV and the stiff headwinds facing Democrats in the economy to win over voters outside the diehard GOP base. If the polls are any indication, the strategy may be paying off. She's led or tied in all recent surveys of the race, though most of the margins, they're tight. In the final days of the campaign, uneasiness spreading among those who are alarmed. Arizona could elevate the next big star of the MAGA right as their governor. It's the end of the world. Gay Willis, an interior designer from Scottsdale, said she was praying to God Lake wouldn't win and hoped Hobbs would put herself out there a little more. She's recognizing that she's being overshadowed. Kerry Lake comes across as someone who wants something, said Stephen Martin, a retiree and loyal Democrat outside a polling place in Scottsdale. Katie Hobbs comes across as someone who wants to be left alone. Wow. That is not good. This is a Democrat. One Democrat operative from Arizona who requested anonymity to speak candidly said a Hobbs win is still possible. But predicted Democrats ceiling on November 8th might consist of Senator Mark Kelly winning re-election and Adrian Fontes defeating the 2020 truther Mark Fincham in the contest for Secretary of State. In an interview after Planned Parenthood roundtable downtown Phoenix, Hobbs said she had to run a campaign that's authentic to who I am. Carrie Lake's running the campaign she's running. We're running the campaign we're running. We're focused on talking to those undecided voters and making sure we're getting the voters out that we need to vote for us in this election. Yeah. Let's see how this works out. She added, I don't see we're losing ground. Every single poll has been statistically tied in the margin of error and I trust the data we're seeing in our polling and I feel really good about our path to victory in this race. So this is really interesting. By the way, how concerned are they out there in Arizona? Well, this is how concerned they are. Putting a lot of money in this race. Today, former President Barack Obama headlining a Phoenix rally for both Hobbes and Kelly. They're bringing out the big guns. Notice who's not out there. Mr. Magoo. that would hardly be helpful to have him show up. Speaking of Mr. Magoo, how about this? So Mr. Magoo is down campaigning for candidates in Florida. And it's really sad to watch because as he's doing so, we're seeing the same Things that we've always known and loved about Mr. Magoo. This was a stump speech that took place yesterday. And, you know, it's really sad. I'm I'm serious when I say this. I'm not being a smart aleck when I say this. But I feel really bad as I'm listening to this. Because uh, the guy's all over the place. So, this is a stump speech. And for the second time, he gets... A very, very important detail about the death of his own son. Wrong. This is like twice within a week, and even mainstream news major agencies have noticed this. Listen to what Biden had to say yesterday evening. And they talk about inflation. You know, we're dealing with it for a whole second. Inflation is a worldwide problem right now because of a war in Iraq and the impact on oil and what Russia's doing. I mean, excuse me, the war in, in Ukraine. And I uh, think of Iraq because that's when my son died. The, uh, because he died. The, uh, but the point is that, there, uh, you know, that's why it's up. We have the lowest inflation rate of almost any major country in the world. Uh, so sad. The truth is, Joe Biden died at Walter Reed Medical Center. It is thought perhaps he did suffer as the result of some circumstances in Iraq that ultimately caused him to lose his life. And the war is not in Iraq. It's Ukraine. I don't know much to say about this, ladies and gentlemen. Stay with us. Oh, boy, back on the broadcast. If you'd like to join the conversation, the English Markets Talk Line, 800-928-1110, 800 921110 The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is seven one three zero seven. What am I talking about? Oh, my goodness. Biden is going to deliver an unscheduled DNC speech at Union Station near the Capitol. You ready for this? Why is he going to do this? The speech will be delivered from the Capitol because that's where there was an attempt to subvert our democracy. Oh my gosh. I don't know about you. I'm so sick of this crap. They're going to keep beating this horse. This is all they've got. It's two things abortion and January 6th. This is all they've got. So they're going to continue to try to beat this drum. And stir up fear after the attack on Paul Pelosi. You heard Mika Brzezinski yesterday and her nonsense trying to tie this again to January 6th. This is crazy. Absolutely crazy is what it is. But the sad thing is, a lot of people will fall for this. Oh, he's so concerned about democracy, our country. Yeah, right. Over on the text line. We begin with this one. Good morning, Vince. It's Holy Hump Day. <laughs> Let's all take that moment and give thanks. We've reached the peak of the week. And we're on our way to Friday. Thank God. Vincent, tell these idiots control a plain old rainstorm. They can just stop talking. Amen. (laughs) Not even a rainstorm, folks. A simple rainstorm. But we're going to control the planet by getting the climate under control, aren't we? Vince, I'm betting both Senate races in Georgia and Pennsylvania will be too close to call, will not be decided Tuesday night, may take days or weeks, and then finger-pointing the other side cheated God forbid I hope it's so overwhelming and the both Democrat candidates get their clock cleaned I mean we're talking about especially in the state of Georgia you're talking about a socialist this guy is a socialist and in Pennsylvania for God's sake this guy really belongs in a treatment facility If for nothing else, just to rest for a few months and for people to leave him alone and let the man rest. It's crazy. But the political vultures are going to try to get everything they can out of him. Hoping he'll win. Vince, these giddy fantasies are just that. Unless we get off our butts and vote. We don't need crybaby conservatives throwing the races, as happened in Georgia. We cannot let up. Alan, out of Gastonia, you are so right. And we must not forget, those races were thrown. They were thrown away by Republicans. Only Republicans can take responsibility for that. Vince, before people listen to Obama, they need to remember who he picked for his running mate. (laughs) That's good. That is a brilliant observation. Oh, my goodness. I'm sure he's also... Shaking his head as he watches. Biden lies so much, he doesn't even know what the truth is anymore. Mix that with his cognitive issues. He's just a sad walking disaster. And the media won't call him out. Because of his apparent condition. Heaven forbid a political candidate actually discuss policy and not talk in empty platitudes. Government is not a pro wrestling match, Vince. Well, it's pretty much turned into that lately, hasn't it? Vince Biden's comments started off as a lie. His energy policy sparked the inflation. Not a war. It's difficult to elaborate when one is lying. Yes, it is. <laughs> Boy, this texture. I uh, will have to send a message to him. Not sure if he's still here. But I'll be praying for him. He's really... Upset because January 6th was a big deal. (laughs) Ah, my goodness. If it were Democrats, you would be losing your tiny clown mind. No, I would be waiting for law enforcement to do their job because there's nothing, nothing else for anybody else to do of substance. Fear, ignorance, and the slaughter of the innocents in abortions, the sacraments of the Democratic Party. They will fight hard and dirty for the authority to become the gods of America. Yeah. Vince. the only people falling for this crap are the idiots who believe Biden and watch mainstream media. So Biden says the whole world's inflation problems are worse than ours. Never thought I'd have a president say our saving grace is at least we don't suck as bad as everybody else. Wow, that's hardly a Kind thing to say about America, is it? Well, we don't suck as badly as the others. That's pretty sobering, isn't it? But when you have people who really do not embrace America and Americanism, that's what you get, right? Well, things have fizzled out down in the upstate. Greenville County Council. That resolution we told you about. The effort to restrict books promoting sexuality in the children's section—it failed. Nine to three was the vote, I believe. This has been an ongoing battle since June. A number of people on both sides spoke out last night. Councilman Joe Dill took up the matter after being asked by the Greenville County GOP. He said the resolution was to help support the library, but several local LGBTQ+ organizations. Against the resolution saying it was targeting a certain group. It failed 9-3. to Dill saying he's not giving up the fight. We need to support the library. I'm going to support the library board. On the other side, co-founder of the upstate South Carolina LGBT Chamber of Commerce, Nathan Brown, Telling WYFF, it seems like logic has prevailed, at least for the majority of the council. We appreciate they haven't rushed the decision. This is a topic that needs proper dialogue, and it gives the council a chance to actually have a conversation. So, no book banning in Greenville, in the library, for now. Still to come on the broadcast, we are going to talk about the possibility of another war yes another war who would possibly start this this a country in the middle east we will delve into this with a couple of versions of this story also new information about the attack on paul pelosi there's a place that this home was actually monitored but no one was watching we'll talk about that and we'll delve into the Emmett Till story. Back in the news because of a new movie. That much more as we continue our Wednesday broadcast. Stay with us. Wow, this text line has just been... Scrolling away. Let's pick up here. Obama picked Biden for insurance, as nobody would assassinate him or impeach him for fear of Biden taking control. <laughs> Biden picked Kamala for the same reason. That's so sad. Vince Biden keeps lying about his son, Beau, dying in Afghanistan. Actually, Iraq in this case. This family being a gold star family. This man has convinced himself of this. It's a disgrace. Complete disrespect to actual gold star families. Ah, boy. Election in the U.S. next week. Russia talking about nukes. It's all connected. This person on the Greenville library story. So then books that are anti-LGBT can be put in the libraries as well, right? Hmm? Can always try it. I'm 100% against having those books. However, we should be careful about allowing book banning. This could lead to other books being banned as well by the other side. Be a parent. Protect your kids. It's your responsibility. Not the county library. Certainly not the government. January 6th, it was a big day. Gas, a dollar fifty nine a gallon in Malden, South Carolina. Now it's three twenty nine. And we were exporting to the world. Now we're importing from countries who hate us. Carl, you are so right. Let me guess the Pelosi Security Service was installed and monitored by the same people who are supposed to be watching Epstein's cell. <laughs> yeah, right. Something like that. Vince, somebody talked about politics and wrestling speaking of when I see John Fetterman I see somebody looks like a washed-up wrestler trying to get back in the ring but nobody wants him he does look like a wrestler doesn't he it's really weird Vince I do think you and Carrie Lake should be on the same ticket let's carry the coke all the (laughs) all the way to the lake can't think of a more convincing ticket Jeff, your puns are worse than mine. Two thoughts. The abortion issue. Somebody needs to ask the important question. Where does life begin? Also, President Biden's bringing up the mantra of the Republicans. We'll ruin Social Security and Medicare. No one's talking about this. It's the economy, stupid. Yeah. That it is. I've got to save this text and send this to my friend. He will absolutely get a kick out of this after having a little fun with the idea of me running for office, which is quite amusing. I want to delve into a couple of things, as time permits. First off, the concern about a possibility of war. This one seems to come out of nowhere. Fox News reporting the U.S. and Saudi Arabia on high alert after Saudi intelligence shared with U.S. indicated that Iran is expected to carry out an attack on targets in Saudi Arabia. Officials from both countries told the Journal about the concern over coming attacks. Saudi officials said in addition to Saudi Arabia, Iran is looking to strike Iraq, where U.S. troops are located. In the town of Erbil, the planned attacks are said to be intended as a distraction from protests taking place in Iran against the Islamic nation's leadership. It would make sense. Pentagon Press Secretary Air Force Brigadier General Pat Ryder said during a news briefing, the U.S. remains concerned about the threat situation in the region and is in regular contact with Saudi officials. Adding, we'll reserve the right to protect and defend ourselves no matter where our forces are serving, whether in Iraq or elsewhere. Ryder, declining to give information about any specific threat. On the other hand, CNN has more specific information, apparently, about the intelligence. What is this intelligence indicating? well it's an apparent imminent attack on energy infrastructure in the middle east particularly in saudi arabia can you imagine think about this can you imagine the disruption this would cause if they attack oil fields for instance can you imagine i mean you think the oil prices has been bad can you imagine what would happen a saudi official told cnn Saudi Arabia shared intelligence of a possible attack with the U.S. A second U.S. official said U.S. F-22 fighter jets already in Saudi Arabia are available to counter any threats. And we're told there's been no increase in U.S. military protection levels in the region as the U.S. military is not believed to be a target. That's a little different than what we were hearing before, the possibility that our troops could be in danger in Iraq. The State Department spokesperson, Ned Price, saying the U.S. is concerned about the threat picture and in constant contact through military diplomatic intelligence channels with the Saudis. So, they've also added, if we have information that is precise, that is credible, that could potentially pose a threat to the American citizen community, then they are ready to take action. So, keep your eyes on Iran now. (laughs) This could be a very interesting week in the run-up to the election. Stay with us. Hour number two is straight ahead. This is the Vince Coakley radio program. From the heart of the Carolinas, challenging the smug, misinformed arrogance of the left. The trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. This is the Vince Coakley radio program. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Some of the items here in the text line, I don't dare share them on the air. (laughs) Let's share this one, Vince. I wonder if this threat in Saudi Arabia will make gas and diesel go up in the next few uh, minutes. Yeah. Wars and rumors of wars. I believe we're there. Yes, we are there. It's just my opinion. We're all worked up over the upcoming election. But when the dust settles, nothing will change statewide. The political parties let us argue about book banning, guns. But when it comes to power broking, raising taxes, wasteful spending, they just keep us distracted while it's business as usual. Yep. I've said this over and over again. Let me repeat what I've said before. This Republican Party, if they don't get off their asses, especially if they win the White House in 2024, I don't care who the nominee is, but if that person is not talking about reducing the size of government, I will be very, very disgusted. Not surprised, but disgusted, because it's really one of the most important issues. In regards to protecting or showing up Social Security, Medicare, the problem is the programs themselves. If that weren't true and the programs were actually a good idea, they would just work and you wouldn't have to worry about them. Oh, my goodness, boy, how insightful that is. Why are they a problem? Why do these? Because the whole foundation of these programs has always been misguided. It's always been a Ponzi scheme. It was less a Ponzi scheme at the beginning. When it was set aside for you, now it's all thrown into a pot. And even worse, they steal from that pot. See, government can do that. My goodness. I've got to get off this, or I'm going to get really, start getting really wound up. For the break, we told you about the possibility Iran may be planning some sort of attack on energy infrastructure in Saudi Arabia. that's all we need now we move on to the story about the Pelosi's what happened at their home Washington Post has an intriguing story Capitol Police cameras caught the break-in at the Pelosi home but no one was watching before I even go into the story What is one of the lessons we learned about 9-11? One of the lessons we learned, we had a lot of the intelligence about what was going to happen. But it was not connected. The dots were not connected. The intelligence was not connected. You had too many bureaucratic agencies doing way too much. But at the end of the day, it was of little value because no one was putting things together. It was really another product of big government. Same thing's happening here with Capitol Police. What's the point of having monitoring of Nancy Pelosi's home if you're not going to watch the video? See, this is just boneheaded on every level. And I want to I want to go on record to make something very clear. I do think it's very important especially for somebody who's in line for succession in our government. I think we need to do everything possible to make sure these folks are secure. I'm all for it. Even people I do not like like Nancy Pelosi. There's no excuse. You're telling me you cannot find the manpower to just monitor a freaking TV. You can't just watch a TV screen. This is crazy. So inside the command center for the U.S. Capitol Police, a handful of officers were going through their routines early Friday morning, cycling through live feeds from the department's 1,800 cameras used to monitor the nearby Capitol complex, as well as some points beyond, when an officer stopped. On a screen, showing a darkened street nearly 3,000 miles away, police lights were flashing outside the home of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. The officer in D.C. quickly pulled up additional camera angles from around Pelosi's home and began to backtrack, watching recordings for the minutes before San Francisco police arrived. There on camera, there's a man with a hammer breaking a glass panel, entering the speaker's home. <laughs> the 911 call and the struggle inside the home that followed have now led to charges of attempted homicide of the speaker's husband and attempted kidnapping of the speaker, who's second in line to the presidency. Spotlight now. On the immensity and perhaps the impossibility of law enforcement's task to protect the 535 members of Congress at a time of unprecedented numbers of threats against them. If the Capitol Police were going to stop an attack at the home of any member of Congress, they had perhaps the best chance to do so at Pelosi's, according to several current and former law enforcement officials, many of whom spoke to the Washington Post on the condition of anonymity. Because the break-in remains under investigation. Capitol Police first installed these cameras around Pelosi's home more than eight years ago. She has an around-the-clock security detail. And for many months after the attacks of January 6th, a San Francisco police cruiser sat outside her home day and night. But hours after Pelosi left San Francisco last week and returned to D.C., much of that security left with her. And officers in Washington stopped continuously monitoring video feeds outside her house. The targeted security and lack of full time active surveillance, even at the home of the member of Congress with the most death threats, reflect the competing demands facing local and federal law enforcement agencies, as well as the balances lawmakers, their families, and security officials tried to strike in the last couple of years since the attack of the Capitol. Capitol Police working to implement more than 100 security improvements recommended by outside experts, including enhancements to officer training, equipment, protocols, and staffing. The department is simultaneously faced a tenfold increase in threats to members of Congress who regularly return to their home districts and crisscross the country. This is an area, and I want to make this very clear, And again, for people that I, most of which I don't care for. And I'm not just talking about Democrats either. I also raised the question. For people with the wealth of the Pelosi's, it is still beyond me. That they did not have better security at that house. I'm just being very blunt with you. I have a hard time believing that somebody of the means of the Pelosi's, and this is going to sound kind of harsh, don't have sense enough to have better security. Heck, you can hire probably two full-time people at the house and not miss the money just to monitor the home. They've got the money to do it themselves. And the fact that they don't, it's beyond me. And it raises other questions that I'm not going to go into. And no, I'm not going into any of the conspiracy theories about this. But I'd love to get your thoughts as we continue. Coming up, we'll talk about Emmett Till. Stay with us. Oh, my goodness. I, I, this text line has been scrolling away during the break. I'm not going to go into some of the speculation and rumors that are going on about Paul Pelosi. I, I'm just not going there. Anyway, we'll kind of skirt around the edges. This texture says Pelosi just found out what happens when you defund security and police. Yep. Vince, love your show. Honestly, my gut's telling me this was an inside job. Complete setup. Too many dots don't connect. (sighs) Especially since the FB lies. (laughs) Let's see here. They've still not been able to find the bomber January 5th outside the Democratic wing. I don't think they could pay me enough to watch the video feed from the house of those two old drunkards. Remember, Nancy says she doesn't drink. Just saying, that's what she said. This was a setup to yet again distract the simple minded before the vote. Nancy had the Capitol Police busy practicing their January 6th testimonies. Not going to pretend I truly have any idea what happened in the Pelosi attack, but something's really fishy about the whole thing. A lot of stuff just doesn't add up when you get into the details here. Rich people with poor security systems may be doing things they don't want clearly recorded for posterity. Ignore the obvious with the Pelosi's and wonder why it doesn't make sense. Mm Mm-hmm. So much of this Pelosi story is failing my smell test. The more I hear, the less it makes sense. I'm not going to get into the conspiracy theories. But there are more questions than answers. Jeff, you're not alone here. People are suspicious for good reason. It's well-earned suspicion. Vince, I just voted. Easy peasy. Excellent. Glad you did. Good morning, Vince. I've heard the people who have the most money are very, very tight with it. Except for Elon Musk. I guess, unfortunately, that's what happens when you choose what you do with it. Yeah. And this texture in the upstate saying, Vince, if only we would have banned hammers. Kind of underscores the idiocy of where so many politicians are let's go into Emmett Till. Emmett Till. Mercury News reporting on this new film blasts Emmett Till's accuser, who is 88, living in hospice, and always felt like a victim. Till is about the lynching of Emmett Till and the impact on U.S. history, making a strong case for why the white woman who accused him of accosting her should have been prosecuted. Carolyn Bryant Donham. Never held responsible, never held legally responsible for her alleged role in the horrific kidnapping and murder of 14-year-old Emmett Till in Mississippi, and at 88, has reportedly lived out her final years in relative tranquility in my former home state of Kentucky. In her unpublished memoir, however, Donham says she always felt like a victim as well as Emmett. That's a horrible, stupid thing to say. Always felt like a victim as well as Emmett. Paid dearly with an altered life for what happened to him. The new acclaimed film, Till, makes the case for why Donham deserves no sympathy. and Instead, should have been prosecuted for the lynching. One of the most brutal moments in American history of racial segregation. Donham set the tragic events in motion. After she accused the boy from Chicago of making improper advances to her. When he stepped into her rural grocery store. August 24th, 1955, to buy bubble gum. Today, Donham lives in a small apartment community in Kentucky with her son and a small dog. The Daily Mail tracked her down. They published photos of her over the weekend, reported Donham suffers from cancer, is legally blind, and receiving end-of-life hospice care. She has good days and bad. The Daily Mail said she and her son declined to be interviewed when a reporter contacted them at home. This weekend's release of Till, which co-stars Danielle Deadweiler and Whoopi Goldberg as Till's mother and grandmother, comes two months after a Mississippi grand jury declined to indict Donham on charges of kidnapping and manslaughter. The jurors heard. Differing accounts from Donham and others about Till's interactions with her at the grocery store and to what extent she was complicit, how she might have been complicit, and how her then-husband Roy Bryant and others chose to retaliate. In the view of these white men, Till had violated an unwritten racist code of the Jim Crow South about how black men were supposed to behave around white women. Till shows the teenager raised in the North not familiar with that code did nothing more than pay Donham a compliment. In the film, Till played with youthful innocence and exuberance by Jalen Hall tells the 21-year-old mother of two she looks like a movie star. After he leaves the store, he whistles at her. In the early morning hours, August 28, 1955, Roy Bryant, his half-brother, J.W. Milam, at least one other person, burst into Emmett's relative's home, looking for the boy that done the talking to Bryant's wife. This is according to an FBI memo. The armed men left with Till after a person in a waiting car with a lighter voice than a man's identified him as that boy. The movie portrays that the person in the car was Donham. Three days later, Till's body found floating in the Tallahatchie River. In an interview they later gave to Look Magazine, Bryant and Milam confessed to beating Till and shooting him in the head. To dispose of the body, they fastened a 75-pound metal fan used for ginning cotton to his neck with barbed wire and then pushed his body into the river. In a landmark moment in civil rights history Emmett's mother, Mamie Till, decided to hold an open casket funeral. She allowed a photographer to publish images of his brutally beaten body. On the cover of Jet Magazine, invited thousands of Chicagoans to see what happened to her son as they came to the church to pay their respects. Two weeks after Till's burial, the trial opened for Bryant and Milam. I love the timing of the way they used to do things. Two weeks. Hmm. As part of an evidentiary procedure, Donham testified, though not in front of the jury, made up of 12 white men. Given Till's earlier depiction of the teenager's interaction with Donham, the movie strongly suggests she lied on the stand. When she testified, he caught her hand with a strong grip when he reached out to pay for his gum. Donham also claimed he asked, how about a date, baby? After Donham said she jerked her hand away, she said he came forward with her, the cash register, came toward her, put both hands on her waist, asking, what's the matter, baby? According to the FBI memo. As Donham said, she tried to free herself. She said the teenager told her she didn't need to be afraid of him because he had been with white women before. Donham said Till stopped. When another person came into the store and pulled him out. This is in the FBI memo. She ran out the door to get her pistol from a car. That's when she heard Till whistle at her. She claimed the interaction with Till scared her to death. More on this story as we continue. Stay with us. We're back on the broadcast talking about the Emmett Till story, one of the most horrendous injustices that happened to this country. As you might expect, this case drew international outrage. The all-white jury delivered a not-so-surprising verdict, deliberated for a mere 67 minutes, voting to acquit Bryant and Milam. The two men celebrated by posing for photographers, lighting up cigars, and kissing their wives. In an interview with Look magazine, Milan justified killing Till by saying, When uh, N-Word gets close to mentioning sex with a white woman, he's tired of living. I'm likely to kill him. That again from an FBI memo. Milam died in 1980. Bryant died in 1994. The world mostly lost track of Donham, according to the Daily Mail. In 2004, the year after Mamie Till died, the FBI reopened the murder as a federal civil rights investigation to find out if any others could be prosecuted. However, the U.S. Justice Department determined there was no basis for a federal prosecution at the time. Based on evidence provided by the FBI, including an interview with Donham, A Mississippi grand jury in 2007 also declined to prosecute her or others' public interest in Donham, and especially her testimony, sparked again in 2017 when author and historian Timothy Tyson was promoting his book, The Blood of Emmett Till. He told several media outlets he had twice interviewed Donham in 2008. She had recanted her trial testimony about Till physically accosting her. That's pretty significant. Tyson said she handed him a transcript of her sworn testimony and claimed that part's not true. Said she honestly didn't remember what happened decades earlier. Hmm. Tyson wrote, you tell these stories for so long, they seem true. But that part is not true, Tyson said Donham said. Nothing that boy did could ever justify what happened to him. The FBI launched a new investigation in 2018 into whether Donham lied on the stand, as Tyson suggested. The agency agreed there's considerable doubt about the credibility of Donham's testimony. However, agents hit a roadblock in proving beyond a reasonable doubt that Donham committed perjury. Tyson didn't record the portion of his interview when he said she recanted her testimony and gave inconsistent explanation about why no recording existed. His notes about when Donham supposedly recanted her testimony also were sparse and don't directly point to this conclusion. In Donham's unpublished memoir, I'm More Than a Wolf Whistle, Obtained by the Associated Press this summer, she insisted she didn't know what would happen to Till after her husband and brother-in-law kidnapped him. Since she tried to help him after they brought him to her in the middle of the night for identification. I did not wish him any harm and could not stop harm from coming to him since I didn't know what was planned for him. That's what she said in the manuscript, which she gave to Tyson. I tried to protect him by telling Roy, he's not the one. That's not him. Please take him home. The AP published the memoir after Till's family and filmmaker Keith Bochamp unearthed an unserved arrest warrant for Donham, along with her late husband and his half-brother. A note on the back of the warrant, dated August 29, 1955, said she was not arrested at the time because she could not be located. Prompted by the warrant, a grand jury again was convened to hear evidence from the case 2004, declined to indict Donham, Citing insufficient evidence, the district attorney for Lafleur County said in a statement, "The murder of Emmett Till remains an unforgettable tragedy in this country. The thoughts and prayers of this nation continue to be with the family of Emmett Till." That from the district attorney. I, I'm curious, and even at this point, I want to hear your thoughts on this particular case. Would you like to see a prosecution of Carolyn Bryant Donham? Do you see value in that today? Is this something that should have been done some time ago? This is one of the things this movie is making the case for. Saying that she deserves no sympathy and should have been prosecuted for the lynching what are your particular thoughts on this i also put out the caution and it's one i've this is not new i've communicated this before i'm not a person at all who is against the idea of communicating history i do have a concern of cultivating grievances in which there's not going to be anything positive developing from it. I love history. I think it's important to put history out the facts, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But at the same time, and this is only a question individually we can examine, we need to examine our own hearts. Why are we interested in delving into these things? Is there a redemptive purpose behind it? Is there a way to accomplish justice? Or is this nothing more than inflammatory? My concern is for many people in the political atmosphere we have today, that's a good bit of it. Much of it is political. What are your thoughts on how this has been handled over the years? Should there have been a prosecution here? We're going to save for tomorrow a story about what's going on with our media and how we have in these apps, these social media apps, how powerful they've become and how they've colluded with the U.S. federal government. We'd love to get your thoughts on how this needs to be addressed. That very, very important subject of free speech, something we claim to cherish. Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley radio program.